It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone. And uh, You silly machine. You told me that you weren't going to do that. Oh, well, I'm still figuring out technology. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club, where we only barely know technology. And where Josh is standing all of a sudden. Well, I feel... <laughs> I mean, I am tall, but these are the, this microphone is made to like be able to be tall. Sometimes it's good to just stand. Yeah, all hail our new overlord. Yeah, <laughs> I like you know everybody else is just seated before me. I feel like I'm holding a holding office or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm leaning forward on the table. It's like I've got a really big proposition, but all I have to bring to you is hook. I feel like I could have been here for an episode of West Wing, and this is. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. We are your online portal for nostalgia talk and stuff like that. Something like that, we, yeah. We do TV, we do movies. We, we feel do... like we should, we should iron that out one of these days. One of these days is probably important. I mean, 60-some-odd episodes at this point. You'd think we would have just hammered that home. Nah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm Josh. Sabrina's here. Hello. We've got Eric. I'm here. We've got our friend Kyle. Hola. And uh, we are, it is Sabrina's Choice this week. Sabrina, what have you chosen? Hook. 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 Yeah, it's Hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to be specific, we are talking about Hook, the Disney movie featuring Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. It was not a Disney movie. It wasn't. Wait, it was not a Disney movie? No, remember, it was a TriStar movie. Oh, yeah. knew it wasn't a Disney they movie. Had the, they had the badly animated Pegasus in the beginning. It was Amblin slash TriStar. Either way, it is a Spielberg movie, and yes. it is a very and Spielberg. Spielberg is yes. Amblin. Okay, I didn't, I'm sorry. It's, it's very spielberg For some reason, I always think anything Amblerg. that is like Peter Pan is Disney. I don't know why. Well, this wasn't Peter Pan. We didn't do Peter Pan, the cartoon. We did Hook, the live-action movie. We did. We did. I just assumed that no other film can now be called Peter Pan, even if it's about Peter Pan because of Disney. Yeah, so we like, get Hook. It's yeah, like, we get Hook. It's like Robin Hood. You yeah. can't do Robin Hood without it being a fox. Right, right. Yeah, you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what's being insinuated. Uh, but yes, uh, so Hook, Sabrina, what's your, what's your background with Hook? Um, Hook is just one of those movies that we... I'm pretty sure we had on VHS, and I watched all the time growing up. I, I feel like this was a shoe in for you because it's also it's it's got so many elements of the Goonies in it too. Yeah, I guess a little, well, I mean it is Steven Spielberg, so it's gonna feel like a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, I mean this is this but, is even for a Spielberg movie, this is this has got Senior Spielberg all over it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a a bit more of. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit lighter than a lot of his movies that he's done, but... You know, with all the child death. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically only one child died. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Spielberg's obsession. Oh, right. Life. I had to think about that for a minute. It's like, are you on crack? Nobody... <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Except the one that died. I, it has Spielberg's <laughs> obsession with, like, kids made up of a scrappy group of, like, evenly racially, like... Divided the characters, and then they also, they build Rube Goldberg machines, and they just, they kill people with food. That happens in like every one of his movies. It is this period. Pretty much everything is ET except with food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I recall probably seeing Hook maybe once or twice. But the only thing I think I ever came that ever settled with me was the fact of just like Rufio's so cool. <laughs> 
Yeah. He is pretty red. I mean, he's I super I love red. his outfit. I liked his hairstyle more than anything. I think I, as a character, I did not like him at all. Oh, well, yeah, like personality-wise, yeah. yeah. I like that he skateboards to dunk a basketball because it's the 90s, and that's, that's just cool. Oh, yeah. You got to have a skate park and a basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these kids never grow up, but they do keep up with what's cool in America. <laughs> and which brings to the odd question of like, okay, so there's a point later where Peter Pan gets brought in as a baby. Like, how does he grow old? Like, how does he not remain a baby? Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's like because if, if nobody ever ages in Neverland or maybe they do, it's just all real slow like. And then or maybe you only grow up to be a kid and you stop. Or you then yeah. grow up to be a kid, and then you have this sudden like growth spurt, and then you become a pirate. Yeah. See, okay, I had a theory about about this, where all of the uh, all of the kids, uh, the Lost Boys or whatever, like they're all they're all the product of all the pirates and prostitutes. And when they have the kid, they're like, "Well, I'm not taking care of it, so into the woods <laughs> it goes." And so that there's just this never-ending cycle of children becoming pirates and banging prostitutes and making more Lost Boys. And so there you go. Neverland. Neverland. <laughs> and no girls allowed. Unless you're a prostitute. Yeah, basically. Or, or a mermaid. Or a mermaid, yeah. That's or an the... Indian uh, Indian girl. I, was there were no Indian girls in this I was, movie. I, I, no. I, I chuckled at how much they're like, they're clearly have, like, the original, uh, the original movie is this series of like road cones that they have to kind of weave around. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we can't, we, we can't do the, we, we can't put the Native Americans in this one. That would be even weirder. But <laughs> oh, uncomfortable. Any... Yeah. <laughs> but did anybody else see Hook before? Nope. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I had, I, I watched that in theaters. It was actually my first time in a dome theater when I watched this movie. Oh okay. I know, ooh, dome theater. No, it was really cool though, because it was like a, it was an old movie theater that was converted to, uh, from like doing plays to doing mm -hmm. actual like movies on screen. So, yeah. well, I think Newark used to have a, a cine dome theater. Mm -hmm. Is it still there? No, yeah. it's. Wait, uh, no, is, I thought is it's it gone now. No, no, no. So because I thought I, I was pretty sure that that one's still there, but like they they also have like the AMC that they converted the Target into. Hmm. But right. that's not that's not the Newark Mall. I don't think that's just the local architecture. Yeah, the cine dome was like it was in the same area, but it's not part of the mall. Right. But I don't know if it's still there or not. Let's take a look. Oh boy, I have a cine dome in Henderson, North uh, Nevada. Mm. I'll go to Cynodome. You get one of the the big rolls. <laughs> nah, I don't think that's Cynodome. Here, wait, here's one. Fremont. Uh, oh, Fremont. Okay. Yeah, it looks right. Well, now that we've established the the, the location of theaters in this area. <laughs> oh, yeah, because our listeners are going to just flock to just try and pinpoint our exact location. Well, no, it's more just like, I'm, like, I'm sure they've seen it. Okay, however. Um, all right, and you were saying, Eric, you had never seen Hook. Nope. So, you had like the worst childhood ever. I was I was watching Dust. <laughs> I was going to say you were watching okay, it five say, times. Yeah, you didn't have a normal childhood. No. Like so many things we bring up that we're like, oh, this is a normal kid movie. Lots of kids our age see this. And then we go to then we go to Eric and Eric's like, nope. It'd be Eric, this would be another Eric and Martin nope movie. <laughs> Martin is going like, I was living in Argentina. Of course, I didn't see Hook. Uh, I just. I just saw like a very random selection of kids' movies. I definitely saw all the Don Bluth stuff and Disney movies, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think I watched a lot of like moving on these light kind of life action kids fantasy movies. I don't know. I just never saw it. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, so let's go ahead. How about we go ahead and start off with a little, uh, a little uh, Peter Panning, a little Robin Williamsing. Oh, well, shouldn't we introduce the movie for the viewers we, who haven't seen it? We will. Well, no, no, no. I thought we normally do the the flip and then we do that. No, we normally hit the thing and then we talk about it. Okay. So, well, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I know. That's why. <laughs> that's why I've got to keep you on track by telling you that we are going to cover Hook. way at that moment you were really getting into it i mean i'm standing so it's helpful it's a really awesome song that's yeah what, that's why he was standing <laughs> earlier it's just like i got i know i'm gonna i know i'm gonna need to get like get real into it I'm so shake my booty over here you know claim some room yeah i feel like you could have snuck that track into like any point in the harry potter movie and yeah, it probably would have made sense somehow yeah it does sound like that oh boy all right well, well let's see i mean like harry potter it's it's a bunch of young kids that go <laughs> off to a magical world uh, and, and Robin uh, Williams is there. Uh, yeah, Robin Williams is there. <laughs> the theme here is give your children LSD. <laughs> I I, I want to start off right at the top. Like we need to talk about Robin Williams in this movie. Like, well, let's let's start a little bit by explaining exactly what Hook is. Okay, for those of you who haven't seen Hook, Hook is a 1991 American fantasy adventure film directed by Steven Spielberg. That guy and written by James B. Hart and Malia Scotch Marmo. It stars Robin Williams as Peter Banning slash Peter Pan, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, Bob Hoskins as Smee, Maggie Smith as Wendy, Carolyn Goodall as Moira Banning, and Charlie Corsmo as Jack Banning. So bangers all around. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty star-studded movie, really. Okay, well, let me, just a little bit more. It acts as a sequel to J.M. Barry's 1911 novel Peter and Wendy slash Peter Pan, as most people around our time know it as, focusing on an adult Peter Pan who has forgotten all about his childhood. In his new life, he is known as Peter Banning, a successful but unimaginative and workaholic corporate lawyer with a wife, Wendy's granddaughter, and two children. However, when Captain Hook, the enemy of his past, kidnaps his children, he returns to Neverland in order to save them. Along the journey, he reclaims the memories of his past and becomes a better person. Does he, though? Yes, he does. Much like, you know, our, our Scrooge. You know, he has he has his one, his few nights where he's just like, I'm better now, don't worry. All solved in the night. Don't ask, and also about Christmas. Um, yeah, the, I, yeah that's, that's the basic plot summary. I just want to say at the top about Robin Williams in this movie is that this is made right around the time of Aladdin? Is it is it like a little bit after? I think this was before Aladdin. Before Aladdin, it it feels like very out of his wheelhouse. Like he doesn't he doesn't like banter and joke, and he's very like even tempered through most of it. And he's not like imp- he's not improving, and he they have also like they've also shaved him of all hair. Well, you have to understand, depending on what part he was playing, he's usually pretty good at, like, changing the way he acts. I mean, if you've ever seen What Dreams May Come, that was a very serious movie. So there was no bantering 
really in that movie. Or yet. what about one hour photo? Well, that well, was yeah, way after. I've actually what? still never seen one hour photo. That one, it's it's creepy to see him play that kind of part, but it, he did a really good job. Yes. It's, it's more that, like, I think it's early 90s Rowan Williams, that's what you associate is his comedy act and the like his role in Aladdin. That was very much his thing. I mean, for me, it didn't seem that weird because, like, most of the movies I grew up watching with Robin Williams was children movies. And as I got older, I went back and I watched some of his more adult-related ones. So, to me, it didn't feel that weird. Like, it felt, like, right within his wheelhouse. I guess as a movie that's also marketed towards the same audience who would have gone and seen Aladdin, I just thought that was odd. It's like, it just feels like Robin Williams, like, they they could have gotten someone else, I think, equally well. Um, Yeah. I mean... I felt like he did a lot of bantering, though, in this movie, too. Kind of. I mean, he does it when he's at work, and then he does it even more with the kid, the Lost Boys. He's not as bad as though he is in, like, Aladdin. Well, he doesn't have to be, though. He's playing a completely different character. I, I guess. You have to remember, he's he's not just a comedian. He's also an actor. He's going to change the way he acts depending on his role. I, yeah, I know that's the, the fundamental conceit of being an actor. Yeah, I mean, he, like, as he is early in the film, he has to be, like, he can be rapid-fire, but he has to be rapid-fire corporate guy. Uh, later on in the film, he can obviously be a little bit more rapid-fire as just kind of, like, the silly pan. So, you know, yeah. he, uh, he, it's definitely not him, you know, at the the height of, like, Aladdin, where <laughs> he is just, like, we put Robin Williams in a booth for two hours, we made the movie. Yeah, that's that's always that's, that's always my my mental image of him is, which is why it was kind of jarring to see this movie. Yeah, I mean it's, it's definitely a different thing, but he's he's definitely run the gambit of you know nearly entirely improv. I mean, if you've ever seen any of his specials, those are completely off the cuff. Right, like he from the everything that I've heard, he goes in with very little of an idea of what he's going to talk about, and then just would go off. <laughs> See, I, I just view it as that Robin Williams did a hook because this was at this point in his career where he'd finally run out of cocaine, and that's why you get him so muted for most of the movie. And then when he finds his cocaine, that's when we get Peter Pan, and that's what, no. <laughs> no, he takes that big, like, pie to the face, and he's just like, ah, there's the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> off camera. Just, I mean, Spielberg's got, yeah, he's like, Spielberg, get to hook me up again. All right, we got to do this movie. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. The condition of getting more blow is that you do this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that makes sense. So I mean, he's a corporate lawyer. It's early 90s. It's still basically the 80s. Um, then uh, I think the other person that we have to talk about is our hook. Where ah, du- Dustin Where Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman is in a role that is just probably transformative. You I can't yeah. tell it's him. I actually did not even realize that was Dustin Hoffman until it was mentioned earlier. That it's like, oh yeah, Dustin Hoffman, Robin. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I don't know why I never realized that. It's just the only time you actually could sort of see it is when they take off the wig. Yeah, and you're like, oh, bald guy. Oh, hey, that looks like a made up Dustin Hoffman. Also, supposedly he had like gone to the set two months early to get ready. I mean, he had he had eyebrows that could put a drag queen to shame. <laughs> oh God! He, even his eyebrows were curled. Yeah, they, they were fantastic. Well, yeah. They talked about that. Dustin Hoffman and who 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 played Smee? Bob, Bob Hoskins. Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, the, um, the great Bob Hoskins. They were talking about like they were getting into character and playing through their their characters, and they're just like, these two are just queens. 
like, like they were just like they're they're obviously gay. They're just these queens just going off and just being like. And then they they completely just like they felt so much better with their characters because they're just like, oh okay, oh this is how we're gonna play. Yeah, it's like this is how we're gonna play this. This is the level we're gonna be at. Yeah, they had they had quite an intimate relationship with each other, which like my my best friend and I were commenting on when watching it. It's just one lavishly dressed man and his manservant. <laughs> On a boat, there's nothing. There's nothing weird. on a boat filled with semen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing not normal about that. Come on. Yeah, let's see. Here it is. In an interview with Playboy in 2004, Dustin Hoffman recalled the aha moment with Bob Hoskins uh, that their characters were gay. They decided to play their characters as a couple of old queens because they felt J. M. Barry, Peter Pan's creator, had created created them that way. Bob and I were rehearsing, and suddenly we looked at each other and realized at the same time we said. These guys are gay, and it was fun. <laughs> Suddenly, we rehearsed it that way. Get over here, Smee, and give me a foot massage. <laughs> we went to Spielberg, and he said, this is a kid's movie. Suddenly, it made all the sense in the world. They were really good friends. They lived on a ship. They were devoted to each other. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's almost it's like, this is like, le- like producer's level, like uh, the, the director and his, his, his like, manservant. Uh, what is his name? Anyway, but yeah, it's... That's yeah. It is quite obvious. Yes. All right, Sabrina, are you gonna to rule us forward? Uh, sure. Um. <clears throat> so the movie starts off with uh Peter they the blah, blah, blah. Peter Bannon. Peter Banning. Uh, he is a successful corporate lawyer living in San Francisco. As a workaholic, he spends little time with his wife Moira and children, twelve-year-old Jack and seven-year-old Maggie, and. It misses Jack's little league baseball game, which is straining his relationship with them. They fly to London to visit Moira's grandmother, Wendy Darling. Wendy is ostensibly the true creator of the Peter Pan stories, with J.M. Barry, her childhood neighbor, merely having transcribed the tales. During their stay, Peter angrily yells at the children while they're playing disturbs his important call, leading to an audacious argument with Moira, who throws his cell phone out of the window. So this is missing a few of the early points. Um, the first one being the we have the play, which is kind of a lesser thing, but it's the baseball game that's the big piece. Well, yeah, he's at he's at the play, which it stars his daughter Maggie, um, and she's actually playing the part of Wendy. And while he, and he gets a phone call during the play, and so he's busy taking the phone call, and he's trying to tell them, well, no, I, I have to go to London. I'm supposed to see my son's baseball game. And they're, like, obviously talking him into coming into work, and he does. And by doing so, even though he promises Jack that he'll come to his baseball game, he ends up missing the baseball game entirely, which makes his son Jack really upset. I, I like that he sent like one of his his employees to go and yeah. film it for him and yet tries to show up anyway albeit like when everybody's left and i feel like when he pulled in there he would have known that but yeah exactly wow parking's light today yeah yeah it, it was yeah it's funny it's also like those those flip phones every time every time they like pull out the antenna first thing i thought of was x files cuz that's what i remember those from the oh, most yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i kept thinking that maybe like jason bateman was going to be in the background somewhere at this office but <laughs> yeah so we have that we have their flight which dis- <laughs> we discover that peter is afraid of flying yeah he's afraid of heights uh we have like some banter with the children where there's like a picture and it's like oh here's the plane crashing ha 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 because he doesn't like flying and everyone has parachutes except his dad right 
Because he's angry about the baseball game. Yeah, yeah. He, he missed the baseball game, so now his son has to be a sociopath. <laughs> I, I also want to put out that, like, the, the reveal that, like, it was Wendy's neighbor who was GM, GM Barry and recorded the story. Sounds like someone got screwed out of some, like, credit for that story. Yeah, well, at least this version, they were saying that. But I think a GM Barry... Uh, I mean, because I watched... I think it's called Finding Neverland. And basically... The weird, like, Johnny Depp movie? Yeah, I think that was the one with Johnny Depp. And basically, yeah, he, he really was inspired to write the story based on the children that he later ended up adopting, um, the, his neighbor's children. And so huh. he, he really was inspired by them to write the Peter Pan story. So that part's true. But on, in this version, they were like, no, Wendy... Wendy came up with these stories and was and would tell them to Jamberry, and then Jamberry then turned it into a book. Back when children were like aggressively wholesome. Yeah, I guess so. And <laughs> that's another story, my lord. Whatever. Oh, the one thing that I loved is is Jack throwing the baseball inside of the plane. If I was a flight attendant, I would be like, please don't do that. Yeah. It's not only is it disturbing everyone else, you could actually hurt somebody if it bounces off the wrong way. So I thought he was totally within his right to be like, Jack, stop that. And the fact that Jack got away with it. I mean, I don't like the comment he made, you need to grow up. It's less that and more like you need to behave yourself, not you need to grow up. Well, it's, it's, it's a 90s movie. Kids get away with everything. I know, but I don't know. Nin- if you went into an airplane and started throwing oh, yeah. a baseball at the window, they'd be like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you Na- know, 90s kids were just like, Awful. It was one of those things where the adults seem to always want them to be either like one to seven year old children or eight to eighteen corporate lawyers. It's just like uh, greetings, father. I have an acquisition this afternoon. <laughs> I feel like a lot of movies and cartoons from the times of the nineties would did everything they could to vilify parents in yes. general. It's just like. If you are a kid, your parents are inherently evil and trying to ruin everything that you're trying to do as fun for being a kid. And right. you, and you do, need to, like, outsmart them comically. Yeah, the, right. the Home Alone effect. Oh, God. <laughs> the perfect example of that. If I was abandoned like that on Christmas Eve, I'm just going to say, I would be in heaven. I wouldn't <laughs> feel mad at all. I mean, he was in heaven. Yeah, he's having fun until uh, until Joe Pesci shows <laughs> It, everything's fun until Joe Pesci shows up. <laughs> I have an autograph from Joe Pesci because I went to, to middle and high school with his nephew and niece. Oh, so, that is so cool. Yeah, except when I asked him, what's it like having Joe Pesci as a, as an uncle? He's like, what's it like having Joe Pesci as somebody you know? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I think I see what you're trying to say. They have no connection to him whatsoever. He's just their uncle. Right. Yeah. By name only. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, moving Joe Pesci, on. not in this movie. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm going to be uh, taking... I don't know. He would have made a really crappy shmee. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been, been like... That's like the, the Negaverse version of this movie. <laughs> Joe Pesci is shmee. Okay, Al so... Al Pacino is Hook. <laughs> oh, God. That would be like a completely different movie. <sighs> no, no, no. Who do we have to get <laughs> to make this movie happen? No! Come on. Oh, come on now. Oh, that movie would be so bad. <laughs> All right, look, I'll start I'll start the GoFundMe. <laughs> I gotta find Peter Pan. Okay. Where's the cocaine? <laughs> okay, so 
Peter Moyer and Wendy go out to a Christmas charity dinner honoring Wendy's long life of charitable service to orphans. Um, during this time, you see something weird is happening at the house, and the windows are blown open, and at the same time at the charity dinner, you see the windows are blown open, and Wendy seems to be kind of, like, concerned, but she doesn't really know why. So when they return, they discover the house has been ransacked and the children have been abducted. A cryptic ransom note signed Captain James Hook has been pinned to the playroom door with a dagger. Wendy confesses to Peter that the stories of Peter Pan are true and that Peter himself is Pan, having lost all of his childhood memories when he fell in love with Moira. In disbelief, he gets drunk up in the playroom, but Tinkerbell appears and takes him to Neverland to rescue his children from Hook. All right, so I should add, we have one character that's missing, which is a minor oh, one, but Toodles. toodles. <laughs> was he a character in the original, like, story? I yes. believe so. Yeah. He, okay. was, he was one of the original Lost Boys. Okay, yeah, he lost his marbles. Yeah, and I guess uh, Toodles, I guess somehow Toodles came back with Peter at some point and became one of the orphans that Wendy ended up helping, but they never explain why he ends up living with them. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Did like was was Toodles like the one that Wendy got with? Is that how all the other the other grandchildren well, that, happened? That was, that was a an idea that was in the script that was removed. Okay, so then yeah, but I wonder if maybe they just cut the guy a check and they're like, "Well, he's already here, and he's so good at losing his marbles. Let's just." Yeah. Well, I remember there's a line when he first when they first come into the house and he sees Toodles and Toodles says something weird to him about losing his marbles. Um, he goes to Wendy and is like, "Why is he here? Why isn't he in a home?" But then he's nothing is ever really explained about why he was there in the first place. Yeah, I forget what she has some explanation, but either way, he's a minor character in this. Yeah, but the original script pretty much like. Toodles came back first because Wendy went kind of had an attachment, so he came in, and then later the, the entire Pan story that we're going to yeah. hit on. Okay. So, and Julia and Julia Roberts is uh, Tinkerbell. Yes. Yeah. So, so Tinkerbell comes in and little sassy Tinkerbell. <laughs> like short hair. I didn't. I, I've not really seen Julia Roberts like that before. Who, who also supposedly was absolute hell during this movie. I, to see, work I, with? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can kind of see it, but... Well, apparently it was like her and Spielberg didn't get along, but I don't know. I, that might be just as much Spielberg. Type. Spielberg didn't have a great movie. He, he he admits that this is a very, very difficult movie for him. Right. Uh, primarily because of the small children that are about to show up. He finally, he finally got his fill of like... I'm not what, like Making a movie with a bunch of annoying children is really difficult. A large number of children that are told to act up all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's the group. Okay, so um, because Jack didn't make a parachute for um, Peter in the picture, <laughs> uh, his daughter Maggie makes him a parachute. And this is what Tinker, after she knocks him out, ends up wrapping him up in this parachute to carry him to Neverland. And there's this scene where she flies over this bridge and the fairy dust causes this cup kissing couple to float into the air. And that's actually George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Gross. What? <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, I'm kissing cool. Carrie Fisher because it's part of my fan cool. fiction. I, I got oh this I got this uh, bit part in the Spielberg movie and uh, he says that I need to kiss you. <laughs> well, I have a 
how, like, how they're, serendipitous. They're all friends, so they, he Oof. probably just was like, hey, you guys are here. And I think Carrie Fisher, he w- originally wanted Carrie Fisher to play Tinkerbell. So, um, they, oh I guess, yeah. So they ended up having the small part where they're they're the couple that's kissing, that's floating into the air when Tinkerbell passes. Well, who knows if they're actually kissing? They just look like they're kissing. They even, were far away. Even still, the idea is is very distressing to me. It's not that bad, but yeah. So I mean, there's there's happy, and then there's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Carrie Fisher was the original prototype, and she also went unaccredited for some rewriting in the. Uh, hmm. Good on her. Yeah. So um, they they get to Neverland, and he opens up the parachute. I guess there's a hole in the parachute. So he opens it up, and he walks out, and he's like, where am I? Am I dreaming? And he's trying to talk to the pirates. And then Tinkerbell's like, no, don't just go running around like that. And they attempt, And then there's this other pirate that attempts to steal his shoes, which I think, who did they say was that? Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett <laughs> was the pirate that was trying to steal... Robin Williams' shoes. <laughs> Margaritaville himself. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> Bad Jimmy Buffett. Bad. Uh, and, and we should note that Peter Pan at this time is just like, buttoned up a lawyer boy. Yeah. Like, and he's like, what the hell's going on? And then Tinkerbell has him, she knocks out the pirates that are trying to attack him. And she gets him to, like, put on the clothes and act like a pirate so they can go and see Hook. So there's this great scene where in the beginning you heard the song. Where basically there's the hook. It's being shined by someone in the village. And then there's this big procession where they're taking the hook. And everyone's going, where's, hook, the, where's hook, the hook? hook. Where, it's where's like, the where's hook? the hook? Yeah, because they're where's it's like, the hook? Where's the hook? Where's the hook? Where and it's like it, the, he's carrying it. It's right there. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it, and they follow him into the ship. And then finally... They put it on like Hook's hand and sparks fly and then Hook finally comes out and everyone's like, Woo, it's Hook and cause pirates apparently really love Hook. I mean they do, it's Hook. For some reason. But yeah, so Hook then conf- uh Because he's been plundering all their booty. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> if, if nothing else, that is the subtext. I, I do I do love the fact that he can just call them like stupid idiot like stupid idiots and they're all like yeah we're so dumb <laughs> pretty much he's a charismatic leader yeah yeah there's actually this uh really awesome scene where hook's like wait there's once among you who's not a true believer because he's having this big thing about we're gonna kill peter pan and then there's a scene where you see peter pan peter standing next to this other pirate and they're both like who me that person and hook walks up to the other person and it's like, you didn't believe in me. And then the other pirate starts crying, oh, yeah, I didn't believe in you, blah, blah, blah. And that's actually another well-known act- actress, actually, wearing a beard, playing a pirate. And I forget which actress it was. I want to say Kate Blanchett, but I don't think that might... I would believe it. I, I could also believe that maybe it was Susan Sarandon. <laughs> maybe. Based I don't on remember that facial who structure. it is. I can't seem to find out who that was. It's it, well. I mean, if we can, if we can find. Oh, I'm looking at stuff for a different movie. No wonder I'm not getting any luck over here. I would have to find that scene. I literally just watched it too. So yeah, but it it's like I didn't know this until later either. Like I w- I didn't think about it at all. But we were watching something on YouTube a while back that mentioned who it was. So I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's it's a famous female actress that's actually playing. 
<laughs> that part. Um, but then, like, Peter takes off all of his, like, disguise and is like, those are my children. Give me back my children. And he even offers to write a check to them, which is funny because it's like, these are pirates in another world. They don't have a way to even take a check, you dummy. I would love to have you just pop up as like a floating head, just going like, they don't take checks, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> just a Robin Williams going like, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> just a little sassy floating head in, in Neverland, just going like, that's not how it works. Um, But yeah, so what does Wikipedia say? Uh, Hook and his pirates confront Peter, but become depressed when they realize he does remember he does not remember his former life and identity. And they can't have a war. And uh, there's a scene; it doesn't mention it, but there's a scene where they hoist the children up in a net to the mast, and Peter climbs the mast, but can't reach them, and he gives up because again he's afraid of heights, so he gives up. And then so they're about ready to throw him overboard ship. Uh, when Tinkerbell makes a deal with Hook that Peter will regain his memories in three days for a climactic battle. Uh, he is, And then the pirates end up pushing him overboard accidentally, and he's reacquainted with the mermaids and meets the new generation of lost boys led by Rufio, who refuses to believe that he is the real Peter Pan. Okay, we've gone through a lot right there. Yeah, Boy. it one, was a lot. One, there were three people's jobs, which were to swim in water and make out with uh, with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. 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 Robin Williams got a lot of mouth action in this movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing, and nothing else. He got you know, a little bit on the side there. It was like Tinkerbell, three mermaids, uh, his wife. It's in my, it says, in my contract. I get three mermaids, <laughs> at least one Julia Roberts. <laughs> or he might have specified three mermaids and one horse, and instead he got Julia Roberts. Oh, <laughs> Oh, come on. That mouth is huge. It's signature. It's <laughs> signature Julia Roberts signature. mouth. And her nose. I think her nose and her mouth. Uh, let's see. So we had that. We had the, the he gets put in a clam, taken up the Lost Boys area. Um, you know, usual stuff. Yeah. He then, somehow falls through snow. <laughs> yeah. There's... For a portion with penguins. Well, it looks like the Penguang. Lost Boy area like has all three types of like seasons in it. Because yeah. there, there was areas that were like fall and then there was parts that were like winter. So I think that entire area was like had a quadrant of different seasons in it. That's but interesting. It was never like displayed well enough to, mm, for you to yeah. actually see it. It's a place of magic. Maybe maybe it's supposed to have all four seasons going on at some random time. The four seasons. Yeah. Neverland. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be checking in. <laughs> that seems like a joke Robin Williams would have made. He'd just be standing in the middle just going, oh, the four seasons, I'd like to check in. <laughs> uh, so, yes, so meet the Lost Boys, and then we meet Rufy O. Rufy O. Rufy O. Rufy O. I love no part of this. <laughs> he's like the cool, he, but he's again, he's like the 90s uh, addition to the Lost Boys because he's just so cool. He is. That hair. He's got, I do like it. I do like his hair design. And he skates up a half pipe and dunks a basketball. Dude, he's so cool. He's way too cool for school. 
that bone armor he gets later for no reason that was just kind of rad yeah it was i mean there was like too many spacing in between the bones but other than that it looked cool you're not gonna get stabbed in the heart by dustin hoffman if you put your bones too close together <laughs> i didn't realize that was his goal in life but okay it, it had to sense. be he did purpose. it so well it's his purpose in this movie <laughs> that's true uh, so yeah, we have that, and we have so basically we have the Lost Boys meeting this old man, and they're just like, "Wait, what's going on? This yeah, we need to just get rid of this guy. He's obviously a pirate." And he's like, "Listen, I don't know what's going on either." Tinkerbell's going like, "No, listen, this is Peter Pan. We have three days to get him back to normal so that he can do Peter Pan stuff." Yeah, and it's not until one of the Lost Boys actually goes up and. He's, like, smushing his face around. Like, I'm not really sure what that was doing, but fun. He's like, there you are. He was getting him to smile. Peter Pan. Yeah, in the end, he ended up getting him to smile and pushing his eyes back, so I guess he looks younger. But he goes, yeah, that's Peter Pan. And so because of that, some of the Lost Boys go over to his side. And then there's, like, this weird back and forth between (laughs) Peter Pan and Rufio as the boys keep running across the line trying to decide what side they were on. I wouldn't I I don't think at that point I would want them on my side if their allegiances could so be easily swayed. I'd just be yeah. like <laughs> I want more loyalty for my child soldiers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they help him train and in the process he regains his imagination and lost youth. So 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 the training is pretty much just a whole bunch of a montage of just like exercise and what other goopy weirdness we can do to robin williams well him running and then they attempt to teach him to fly which doesn't work out they try to sling him out of a giant slingshot which ends badly again this is spielberg's obsession with like kids operating large rube goldberg machines (laughs) and large whimsical devices it's very weird uh yeah one of them thud butt which is a great name gives him marbles that were left behind by toodles who is now an old man living with wendy he sure is. <laughs> Elsewhere, Smee talks Hook into manipulating Jack and Maggie into loving him to break Peter's will. Which, that was a great scene. Yeah, that like, was a great scene. That entire scene with just Hook just going like, oh, I just, I can't. Yes. Just pulls out a gun, puts it to his head, just like, don't stop me, Smee. Don't, don't stop, stop me, Smee. So Smee's Smee sitting there Smee, nodding. Stop me, stop me. Stop. <laughs> For God's sake, stop me, Smee. <laughs> yeah. What are you, a masochist? <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, and the, sadist. Sorry. Yeah, and the uh, and the entire part where Smee just comes up with the entire plan of like, what if you could have his kids like you? And he's just like that. That's that's a wonderful. That's a, yeah. I just had the best idea. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're they are they are they are as previously explained, queening it up right now. The uh, the the way that they bring his bed down and his oh, nightcap, yeah. like. That that entire scene is just like any time that Dustin Hoffman is in, like I'm actually having more fun than when we're watching, you know, uh, Robin Williams because they just eat up the scenery at all times. Yeah, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. No, they were the best parts of the whole movie. Was, By was far, just them yes. yeah. together. The, even even the part we missed this earlier, where he's just like he's attempting to walk down to confront the uh, the the pirate that he believes did the bet, and he's about to make that step, and he just goes, "Smee, the carpet." <laughs> Tick, 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 tick. Like, now he will walk down the I stairs. Want, I want a spiral staircase that does that. <laughs> that would be so rad. Yeah, that is like amazing. Just the way anytime you go down, you just have to have somebody else. The cop it. Oh, damn it. Tick, 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 tick. 
thank you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't even say thank you. You'd just you'd give like a nod of like, there, was that so hard? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Maggie refuses to be taken in, but Jack comes to view Hook as a father figure. Because he's dumb. Which leads us to the baseball game. Which was sort of dumb. Which yeah, was very come on. Was. Pirate baseball uniforms. That was pretty cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. cute. Okay, so there were definitely All some... Pir- yeah, the act- actual pirates in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was good. The stealing bases and shooting the guy was yes, good. Yes, that was great. Uh, the, the run home jack. <laughs> I, this is one of the scenes, like, when I was watching this movie, one of, my, one of the games I like to play when I, there's a movie like this is, can I, ca- can I catch them cutting it wrong and so that one of the, they're, they're threatening someone with a gun or something and, the, and it's, if it's like a flintlock like this i can spot when it's not actually cocked or loaded and this was like the one scene where they slipped up he fires it and there's like it's very clear just a blank and like the, the mechanism has not been discharged <clears throat> i just thought that was funny yeah. only you would have noticed that. i know and like that's why it's like these these prop guys are the easiest job in the world but i'm yeah. like aha I, you slipped up once. Wow. Well, I consider the slip up in the scene because it just, it's another it's one dumb. of those. Well, it's dumb because you have like the main character, Peter, on a mission to steal the hook. It is there. His hand is on it, but he's too distracted by this baseball game just to go, well, let me just grab that yeah. and I'll continue well, watching this baseball game. Let right. me disarm my mortal enemy by taking away his thing that he's known the most for. Right. It's like just just grab the damn thing. You can keep going. It's he sits there for goddamn ever and doesn't even ever get found. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just to give him that that moment where he just realizes he's losing his son and then he just takes off. But he did want to see his baseball game. Yeah. yeah. So that I guess that nice. that's probably why they dragged that out for so long. Is that like it's his way of making it up to his son that he's like, okay, I'll I could just do this thing. Or I could watch my kid hit a home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the... he does get upset. Well, what? what... He's... Oh, go ahead. Well, he gets upset because he sees that Hook treats Jack like his own son. Like, he calls him my Jack. And Peter's like, no, that's my Jack. <laughs> it's my toy. Not oh. your toy. It's my <laughs> toy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so horrified, Peter runs off and tries to fly, <laughs> but is led to the old treehouse of the Lost Boys by his own shadow, which this is the only time you see his shadow acting of its own accord. Right. Uh, Tinkerbell helps him remember his childhood and how he fell in love with Moira, and he realizes his happy thought is being a father. He flies up into the sky, returning as Peter Pan. And Rufio surrenders yeah. his sword and leadership back to him. With a magical costume change somehow. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'm fine with that. I'll take it. Well, it literally says he flies up to the sky and returns as Peter Pan. So I think that's when the costume change happened. So why, how he managed to do that, I don't know. The sky stripped me naked and put me in these plain clothes. Seems legit. And, yeah, yeah, I'll And take for it. some reason they had adult size. Somehow, yeah. Magical Neverland. Yeah. You know, Robin Williams sized. Yes, thank you, yes. Welcome to Neverland. <laughs> well, wasn't he about the size, well, just a little bit bigger than a child, hairier than a child, for sure. Oh, <laughs> bigger. Oh, like, <laughs> a, like, a, like a small gorilla, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You've seen him in Mork and Mindy? It's terrifying. 
Are you kidding? It was practically trying to explode. Like, it was, yeah, it was, he was, he was, it, it, like that. His chest hair counts as a shirt. He was. <laughs> oh my god. He was in the first casting call of Harry and the Hendersons. So. <laughs> oh god, that's also on Netflix now. By the way. Oh, oh man, we have to watch that too. I don't then. know if I want to because I have so many memories of that movie. Yeah, me too. It's probably awful. I'm willing to bet. Well, it could be somewhat good it's got john lithgow in it. oh yeah yeah john lithgow would make it worth it oh yeah but that's not this movie no it's certainly no, it's not. not uh let's see um have we gotten to the point where tinkerbell gets big yeah that's the next part okay so uh p uh the child-minded peter returns to tinkerbell who grows human size and kisses him reminding him of his reason for being in neverland however he is faithful to Moira and their children and desires to be with them then staying on the third day, he and the Lost Boys attack the pirates as promised, leading to a lengthy battle. He rescues Maggie and promises to be a better father to both her and Jack. Rufio fights a duel with Hook, but is mortally wounded and dies in Peter's arms. Lame. It's like, really? Of, like, hey, he had it. Well, it's weird because all the other children are fighting with non-lethal objects. But yeah, for some reason, for Rufio and Peter are the only ones with swords. So I think, I, should we have that there's some sort of logic that because he is fighting with a lethal thing, that means that he can be he can be hit? Although the, so although the everybody pirates... else everybody else that is using nothing lethal cannot actually be hurt? Yeah, is this like a pirate kayfabe kind of thing going on? <laughs> like, oh, they're using squidgy weapons. Oh, they're <laughs> shooting tomatoes at us. And then, like, Rufio's just like, yeah, I got a sword. And like, all right, we're going to do this now. Well, it seems like all the other pirates also had swords. But because they're children, children, are, especially a lot of the younger ones, aren't going to want to fight with, like, swords. So they all had, like, different things to fight the pirates with that were all non-lethal. But so that's why I thought it was weird that they did have this one death scene. But, like, I don't really think he had to die. No. Like, I really didn't, like, maybe get knocked out. But what what was the purpose of him dying in this children's movie? So that we could give lard butt. The sword at the end. Oh, can we Fun talk? Butt. Can we talk about how disturbing that prop is when he does his like oh Sonic Cannonball? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone made a terrifying child ball. I prop. I oh bet you God. anything that off camera they used to friggin' just launch that thing around like a volleyball. Yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. It looks so weird and unnatural. Like yeah. Ooh. Well, especially when he lifts his legs up, you're like, there's no way a kid yeah, that yeah. size could do that. Like, I wouldn't even be able to do that. I've seen some pretty flexible big people. I'm not saying that that supports the possibility, but I am saying I've seen some pretty flexible big people. I know, but, but that his, was just the unrealistic. Yeah, they went straight up with like no bending or anything, so that it just didn't look right at all. And, and then when you see the little rolling thing, you're just like, that's not a real child. I mean, I'm glad it's not a real child. But... <laughs> I, want those, I want that to be a real child contorted into a ball and thrown at men. Oh, th- that said, by the way, going back to just a little bit earlier, I would have been psyched as a child to have a sword. Just saying, like, if right. I was any one of those Lost Boys and somebody's like, here's a sword. Finally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> their their armor, like the the sequence of them donning the armor, I thought was really fun too. Because you had a couple of them where they were just like walking through stuff, and it would automatically fall in the right place and become armor on them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like the little little bamboo rolls and whatnot. It's yeah. just like like instant body and leg armor. It's just like that. Yeah, you're <laughs> fine, man. I, I, I the the the, the I, I know it's this kind of movie, but this fight fight choreography was still like very sloppy in this movie. Oh yeah. I mean, it was more or less just people just going like, huh, 
Uh, I mean, the only ones that looked like they were rehearsed at all were pretty much between Rufio and Hook and Hook and Peter. And even yeah. Yeah, and even then. Yeah. Definitely not definitely not Robin Williams. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very light. Pretty much any of the scenes where there's just a bunch of people, it's more or less everybody just going, Ugh, Yeah, just kind of jamming on their weapons in the background somewhere, but like not actually fighting. Right. Uh, let's see. And what do we have remaining? Okay, so Peter and Hook finally duel, leading to Peter's victory. Refusing to leave honorably, Hook attacks Peter one last time, but the stuffed crocodile, whom Hook once feared, and he ended up killing and turning into a clock, springs to life, and his mouth falls on top of him, eating Hook somehow, even though it's dead. Peter gives his sword to Thudbutt, promoting him the new leader of the Lost Boys, and leaves Neverland for good. He awakens in Kensington Gardens, meeting a sweeper who bears a strong resemblance to Smee and bidding farewell to Tinkerbell, who confesses her unrequited love to him before vanishing. He climbs up the drainpipe of Winnie's house, reuniting and reconciling with his family and returning Toodles' marbles to him. Toodles discovers the bag contains pixie dust, and he flies out the window to return to Neverland. Wendy wonders if Peter's adventures are over, but he replies... To live would be an awfully big adventure as we see Toodles fly off for the screen face. Oh my god, I didn't know they were going to put that line at the end. Uh, I'm yeah. okay. You okay? Yeah, sorry. There's just like, there's two parts of the movie that get to me knowing what Robin I know. Williams. Knowing what I know now. And that was one of the lines that got to me while I was watching the movie. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Remember, I got to read that thing later. I'll be fine. It's just that one was really hit me hard at the end of the movie. Okay. Uh, things I should, things I'll say <clears> to, <throat> to lessen the mood for a moment. Um, man, Tinker, you just got to make it awkward, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, we're just, we're just buds. I, I've got a wife. Like, yeah. Hey, don't I do mean, this. Don't do this, Julia Roberts. She, no, Tinkerbell was actually like that, though. She, you could tell she had feelings for Peter. Like, even if you read the book. Like Tinkerbell has a thing for Peter Pan, even when they were when Peter Pan was still a kid. Okay, I didn't know. I yeah. know that there was definitely some fighting between like Wendy and Tinker. Yeah, you'll see. Like if you watch the Disney cartoon, you'll see it too. Like yes, P- Tinkerbell fights Wendy because she's jealous. Yeah. Like Tinkerbell has always had a thing for Peter Pan. But do you think it's a thing, or do you think it's just the the fact of like, no, he's he, you know he's mine, less like a romance thing. Well, it's like when somebody like if you see your best friend hanging out with somebody new and they get along, what you feel might be better than like you do. It's just like no, you can't have that. That's mine. But I yeah. think in, in this aspect, just because like. Peter was an adult at this point, then it just kind of either A, was playing on some feelings that were like under the surface of what Tinkerbell felt, or it was just like, well, now that you're an adult, I can feel a little more strongly about, I don't know. It was just a little bit weird thinking about it in either context. It's like, did she like, does Tinkerbell like little boys or does... I think she's has- also a little girl in the original series, but then I guess she grew up too. Yeah, yeah, that's the question. What's going did, on here? She, did she grow or what? Like, yeah. This whole Neverland rule thing is, like, not <laughs> consistent. We well, need to I outline the rules better. Well, I don't know if she ever was a little girl. She's just a fairy. Mm-hmm. So who knows how fairies age as well. I mean. Yeah. I mean. How about that? When Okay, when you talk about Peter Pan the book, there I think there's a lot of stuff that isn't fully explained, but it's a fantasy book for children. 
So yeah, we'll we'll give it a pass. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantasy book for children. So like we're, Robin, we're super obsessed about it. Gotcha. Like how Robin Williams gets clothing. How did it happen? How did it happen? Uh, let's see. Anything else that we are missing timeline wise? There's the weird scene with them breaking clocks. Um, I I like Jack's like little like little Captain Hook outfit. Yes, that oh, was cute. Yeah, that was really adorable, actually. I'm sure that kid hated it. <laughs> I bet the wig was really itchy. Yeah. Um, let's see. I can go ahead and drop. So there's a ton of like little weird yeah. knowledge about Hook. Yeah, this has a lot of IMDb trivia, of which I was I I we I was correct. They didn't have to like specifically shave Robin Williams down for this movie, so he would not frighten the children. I like that when they're doing the food scene, there is a wheel of cheese and a chunk of it just says thud butt. It yeah. has his face on it. I'm like, yeah. cool. So we or we have thud butt ball and we have thud butt cheese. This is a great <laughs> marketing like ploy for anything it, branded thud butt. IMDb says that apparently uh, it was turned down, but Hook was offered to David Bowie. Yes. yes. Which is only one in way you could make this movie any weirder. <laughs> I wonder uh, if that would have made it better. It's like the It's like the boys version of Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, in a way, huh? I don't know I like Labyrinth. Labyrinth is great. I liked yeah. I'd Labyrinth have to see it again. I watched it too late, and I was kind of like, I'm a teenager. Meh. I don't get this. Now you watch it, and you're like, David Bowie. Mm. <laughs> David Bowie's package is just like, mm. Even back then. <laughs> it's just like right there. Even back then, it was kind of like, I'm a little young to be having these feelings, but I'm having these feelings. <laughs> why is why is the camera always at torso height? It's, this is weird. It's just such a God, labyrinth. Is such a weird. It, it is an emotional roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this, but it feels really weird. Uh, let's see. So other fun things. Uh, when the Bannings fly to England, the pilot's voice is actually Dustin Hoffman saying, "This is your captain speaking." Isn't there a scene in Rain Man where he's on like the pl- he's on he's on a plane with him and him and. Uh, Tom Cruise. I've never actually seen him right oh, now. Okay. I know. I'm horrible. Uh, we've already talked about Lucas and Carrie Fisher on the bridge. Yeah, thank uh, Maggie Ugh. Smith was aged super hardcore to look 92 when she was only 56. Yeah, and uh, like I, I, I may have mentioned this earlier, but Maggie Smith in the movie Hook then looks the way that she does no. now. <laughs> so it's like whoever yeah. did the makeup art for that was spot on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she looks like she's like... She steps off the set here and then goes right to Downton Abbey. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, when a particular long and lengthy complicated scene was cut, Bob Hoskins bought beer for 300 plus et- extras. See, a cool guy. Yep. Uh, let's see. Julia Roberts was nicknamed Tinker Hell because she was difficult to work with, a reaction for her working t- conditions of solitude and green screen. I think she, need, she needed, like, this is a pre-Andy Circus as Gollum era. If you're, if you're like the green screen only character, you just got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Granny Wendy was actually holding one of the first 1911 printings uh, at the very beginning. That's cool. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Spielberg admitted he was originally, uh, he admitted to being disappointed with the final result of the movie. He had such a hard time working with the rebellious crew of young actors that he later said, only somewhat kiddingly, that the experience made him wonder if he ever wanted to have more kids. Uh, <laughs> He also felt guilty that he wasn't able to find an economical method of filming uh, the many complex human flight sequences in the movie. However, after Robin Williams' death, he says he's thankful he made the film as that's how he met Robin Williams and became good friends. To further pull the heartstrings of that, uh, reportedly after Robin Williams' death, Spielberg decided to watch this film out of remembrance 
but couldn't finish it because he couldn't stop crying for hours. Very sad. Yes. Uh, let's see. Go here. Oh, this one's a good one. Dustin Hoffman's former co-star, John Voight, asked him if he could bring his children, James Haven and Angelina Jolie, to the set of the film because they were dying to meet Captain Hook. And Hoffman agreed to meet them while in costume. Jolie was 16 years old and was described by Hoffman as being a tall, thin, gawky-looking girl with a mouthful of braces. After Jolie told Hoffman that she was going to be an actress, Hoffman went home to his wife and said, I don't think this kid has any idea what a tough road she's got. Which, like, like kind of a dick move. Like, yeah, I'm going to come down on this teenage girl. <laughs> I'm Dustin Hoffman. Cool guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Continuation. Uh, here's a good one. Julia Roberts almost had to put the production into jeopardy when she fled California after her wedding with to Kiefer Sutherland was called <laughs> off. She decided to avoid the press by hiding out in Ireland, and a furious Steven Spielberg reportedly threatened to fire her if she didn't return immediately. I, I had to look this up real quick. I will say, as far as Angelina Jolie, she got the she got the better she got the better of Dustin Hoffman because four years later, she's in the greatest movie ever, Hackers. Oh yes, Gra amazing movie. Oh, that was only four years later. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a movie for sure. Oh, no, <laughs> I've been I've been saving that little nugget for a long time. Oh man, no, I I uh, I love a lot of things about that movie. I love honestly. every frame of that movie. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bangarang actually is a Jamaican slang for hubbub, uproar, disorder, or disturbance. So Bangarang. Hmm. So like when a bunch of teenagers scream anarchy these days. Got it. <laughs> oh, knocked off that bangerang. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams' stunt doubles were both named Keith. When Steven Spielberg called for Keith to come to the set, the Keiths showed up. <laughs> Eventually, Hoffman's stunt double changed his name from Keith to Kifo. <laughs> Kifo? <laughs> oh, I'm going to change my name to something just really weird. Uh, Peter and the family fly Pan Air Am Airlines to London. Pan Am went out of business on December 4th, 1991, one week before the film's release. That's great. <laughs> uh, and yes, we talked about David Bowie, and uh, we yeah. We talked more about David Bowie? And how <laughs> I mean, let's just all talk about how David we, Bowie. How he should be in this movie and all movies. This dance, magic, dance, yeah. I mean, the, he's in the, he, the, the, the reveal of him in The Prestige, amazing. All right. Uh, let's, let's break down into it. Eric, what was your feeling? You, you're the newbie on this one. Uh, this is another, like, uh, this had, this was hitting so many shades of Goonies for me. It's like, it has so many of those hallmarks of Spielberg, <laughs> like just wanting to waste screen time with like, it's like spunky kids in a giant Rube Goldberg machine and, you know, using other whimsical contraptions to defeat bad guys and do things. And I don't know what his thing is, but it's in a lot of his movies at this time. And he really needed to cut it out. So that kind of took away from it. It was odd. Um, I, I still think it was kind of an odd performance for Robin Williams. Um, I don't know. It was one of those movies that, like, it was, it was like, fine. I liked it better than Goonies and some other, like, 90s Spielberg stuff. But and I just didn't really come together. I think especially the last act. Like, his transformation into Peter Pan is more weird and off-putting than anything else. So, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, like, going back and watching Goonies and then watching this, yeah, I 
I didn't watch Goonies as a kid, and watching it as an adult, I was like, no, what? this does nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, this is dumb. Like, Hook, at least, like, you can see <laughs> Dustin Hoffman eat chew scenery, and you can see Robin Williams occasionally be Robin Williams. Robin Williams, like, he has he, a good a, yeah, good acting is still flowing through him in this movie. It's just, like, it's weird. It's just not, a, it's not an early 90s Robin Williams movie. And, yeah, you're definitely right. Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins are, like, definitely the highlight of this movie yeah. um also we should mention the set design is actually super good like it's, i think visually it still holds up very well the only thing that doesn't like that seems to like p- like give it a particular feel is his cell phone like that's about <laughs> the only thing that feels like oh this is definitely out of the 90s mm, yeah i guess and pan am and pan am <laughs> <laughs> they're dead now yes uh kyle so Honestly, this was a lot of fun for me to watch again, just because like I I remember the first time seeing it in that dome theater uh, with my grandmother of all people. Um, I say that like it's a bad thing. I didn't mean to imply that. I <laughs> my grandmother watching... of all people. My grandmother. How <laughs> dare she? Domed go. theater. I used, I used to watch like a lot of movies with my grandma, even the Star Trek ones, and that Ooh. that is forever why she's my favorite person to watch movies with. Anyways, um, but now watching it again is is a treat. It's always kind of a treat for me. There. are Things that, yes, I do notice about it now, being an adult, like the way that things are just kind of like, well, let's just go ahead and and push this plot point forward with no real explainer as to why it works. We're just going to assume that it does. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I can't really rag on this movie at all, even watching it again, because I actually had more fun watching it this morning um, than I have in a long time. Awesome. Sabrina, going back to it. Um, I still loved it. I thought it was like really fun. Um, this, this was the first time I watched a Robin Williams movie since he passed away. So it was also kind of hard for me because for me, he was like one of those actors I grew up spending a lot of time watching growing up. And so like, I, I usually, when I hear an actor passes away, I'm just like, oh, well, that's sad, um, that that happened, but I don't usually feel that bad about it. Like, Robin Williams' death was actually kind of hard for me, um, because he was pretty much what I considered, I don't know, like, he, he was my, my movie dad, you know, so to speak. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone else does that, where they're like, well, if I had a movie dad, this would be my movie dad, and Robin Williams was my movie dad. So, um, it's a, a funny, uh, it's an interesting concept to think about. I, your, I know. Who's it's, your movie dad? Yeah, My movie weird. papa. It's like, it's like, who thinks about stuff like this? Apparently, I do. But, um, so there's definitely parts in the movie that I'm just like, certain lines that hit me harder than or affect me in a different way than it did when I was a kid because I'm like, well, damn. When you think about the fact that, you know, he killed himself, a lot there's a lot of poignant lines in this movie that weren't meant to be that poignant when this movie was made. Boy, uh, how much fun would dream as where dreams may I know, come. That one I don't know if I can watch. I that can't one... watch it again. I can't. I it was a really difficult movie to, for me to watch. I mean, it, it yeah, it was already a difficult movie. And then now knowing what we know about Robin Williams and what he was going through and obviously what ended up happening, you know, it's but, just like I don't know if I can watch that one again. But Barry Fisher and like Robin Williams are two of the most tragic celebrity deaths that I think I can think of to date just because like they both had such severe struggles with depression and yeah. even bringing up like what dreams may come that is also something that has to do with a huge struggle with depression it's also 
Isn't isn't that like a nod, to, or rather, isn't the all of what dreams may come basically Dante's Inferno? I think uh, akin to it, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 very reflective of it. Like there are so many elements to it that just remind me of Dante's Inferno. So yeah, like the different level, like hell is a different thing depending on like different aspects of how you were and when you will how you left. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, but no, I still think it's a good like. Like, if you want to go back and watch, like, an old Robin Williams movie, for me, I feel like Hook is the quintessential children's movie that he did, at least for me. Like, if you... You, you would put it above uh, Aladdin and Doubtfire? Yeah. Hmm. About wow. Flubber. <laughs> Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave Flubber out of it, because that's kind of a weird one. You leave Flubber out of it! <laughs> Uh, another movie where uh, uh, a woman hopelessly falls in love with Robin Williams, I might add. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Hook is just, like, one of those movies you have to see, especially if you're a fan of Robin Williams, especially if you're a fan of Sp Steven Spielberg. And if you just like those old-school 90s action movies, you know, meant for kids. And mm -hmm. I think it's still a really good-looking movie just for its time. I know Spielberg says that he kind of wish he could do it over because he feels like now with the digital world, he could have done it much better. But I'm like, dude, at the time you worked with what you had. And at the time you had to work with physical sets. And I thought the sets looked wonderful. Like I thought there was so much character in just the sets themselves. And like, I love the design of like the table of food, like all the colors they picked out to make it vibrant. That way when they had the food fight, the food fight was also super vibrant, you know, like, I don't know. I just there was just parts of it that just like I really feel like make a good children's movie even by today's standards. It had good uses of color. Yeah. 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 The the pirate town looked great and yeah. I, yeah. I think this benefited from being a really bright movie because I think like the movies of the era tended to like big ensemble cast like this. I don't know. I feel like they this... tend to have like a more brownish yeah. tone to them. And that's why I feel like this one was a little different design-wise for Spielberg because he went and just went colorful. Yeah, it's much much poppier than like than Goonies, for example. Yeah, you 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 had it very colorful when there were children present, and you had it very brown and washed out when it was mostly just the adults. Right, it's sure, something yeah. that I've noticed, or or uh, very uh, glammed up or glamoured when Hook was yeah. was present again. Probably to go with that whole, these are just two old queens. <laughs> right. Because there's never a moment that you didn't see Hook where you didn't also see something flashy surrounding him. Like, I mean, that, that banister had those gold busts, like, you know, <laughs> on, on each of the, the yeah. things. Uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last call for Hook. What about you? Me? I enjoyed it. I'd say if you have a, I'd say probably watch it once. Uh, if you definitely, if you have kids, like I think kid, uh, kid would yeah. get a, a good kick out of it. Yeah, I'll just get to firing some of those out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please not right now. Please not in this room. No, I'm ready. <laughs> no, they're just gonna come out fully formed already. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> and they look like Robin Williams. Hey, <laughs> it will ruin me for all the other cats. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, f so my segue on this one. Uh, let's see. How about other movies that involve the person that did Rufio? He did voices for a Goofy movie. Yes. Which is going to be our he next episode. He did additional voices. Additional he voices. Does, he, <laughs> does not, he does not die in that movie. He doesn't movie, have though. a specific 
voice. He does additional voices. I By need... the way, un- unaware if you all know, but Rufio did do a sequel in 2015 to Hook, and it was only about 25 minutes long. Oh, it was a short <laughs> Wait, movie. It's a short movie because it's, well, probably because that's all they could afford, but it's also quite terrible. Wait, Ooh, what? He, he made an unofficial sequel? Yeah, it's... Like I said, it's about 20, 25 Ooh. minutes long. It's it's not great. Look it up! <laughs> oh, I will say, the, the actor that plays Rufio, I looked him up on, I looked him up on IMDb, and I didn't, I wouldn't even think to picture him as this, but he did the voice of General Iroh in Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The, the grandpa? Yeah. Oh, or his my gosh. Un- yeah, his uncle, yeah. That's oddly so fitting somehow, though. That's cool. It's fitting. But it's like I didn't like when I'm trying to hear listen to hear his voice. I'm just like, wow, I would not think that was the same guy. He was still definitely a kid when he did um, when he did Hook. Yeah. I mean, I know he's an adult now, but I don't think he's that old. I want to say he's in his acting. I know. Everything. <laughs> uh, it's let's see. He was born. Uh, he is age 42. Oh, OK. okay. Wow. Uh, let's see. So uh, if we wanted to look at the things that he was, Hook was actually his third movie. Uh, he was additional voices, as mentioned, in Goofy Movie, which is our next one. Uh, let's see. He was... Uh, and actually, I did not know that. I had zero idea he did any of that. But that's cool. Yeah. But he, he's he's done a lot. Uh, he is still producing. Um he did. Uh, what, what's the what's the Disney dragon? Oh, American Dragon, Jake Long. He's the voice. He's for the voice Jake of Long. Jake Long. <laughs> of this, I have so, no idea. Yep. Oh boy, I've never even seen that. Is it worth it? Um, <laughs> There's definitely fans of it. Yeah. Well, it came out when <laughs> I was. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> it has a fan. <laughs> not stirring. Not a stirring endorsement. Just a one guy going. Woo! I don't. <laughs> I don't really hear people talking about it anymore. It came out when I was in high school. So I know, like, I was like, I'm probably one of the few people that sit here and watch the Disney Channel, even though I'm in high school. So I just managed to catch it when it was oh, on. and uh, Prince Zuko. Well, he did Zuko for a video game. Uh, but he's also listed as, like, 52 episodes of Avatar. Wait, so he did Zuko and General Iroh? I guess so. What? So he's just acting off of himself the entire time. So there you go. That's really awkward. Okay. So, um, all right. Well, that'll take care of us for this episode. Uh, I said next episode we're going to do a goofy movie with Kyle. We- Yay! Another another movie about dads. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the dad segue. I should have done that one. Yeah, it's all about dads in this one now. All right. Saturday well, Dads Club. Well, <laughs> both of mine are dead. Aww. <laughs> You all have dads. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's bring this up from the downer we suddenly have gotten ourselves into. Uh, you can uh, go over to satfriendsclub.com. We are at satfriendsclub on Twitter. Uh, we have the Patreon, patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. And I do have patrons. Let me hit this button. All right. So we've got Phoenician, Item Crafting, Rodea, Francis, Dan, and Chuck. Thank all of you for being wonderful Patreon friends. And giving us your money. Yes. Well, contributing to the Saturday Friends cause, which, you know, keeps we, the servers up. We have a cause? Yes, we have a cause. All right. We have a we have a family? We have a club. We have a cause. Yes. Is it a just cause? Because <laughs> if it is, I don't know if I can be a part of this anymore. <laughs> We can talk about the cause after uh, after the mics go out. Anyway, uh, we will catch you next time for more Saturday Friends fun. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Night. I can actually hit this button. <laughs>